Hi, my name is Charles Feldman. And my name is Ela Edgar. And we're here for Trust on Purpose. And today we have a special guest. Actually, we have three guests with us today. They are the leadership development team from Frederick County Public School System in Maryland in the U.S. So we have Kent Wetzel, Kimberly Brandenburg, and Cindy Drunel. We're going to talk about something I think really exciting that they've done in the last year and a half or so, and they're continuing to do, which has to do with trust building for the leadership of their entire public school system. So first, let me just ask each of you to give us a little background on yourselves. So I guess we'll start, Kimberly, with you, because I'm seeing you on my screen first. Sure. So I am Kim Brandenburg, and I have been a teacher for about 25 years now in Frederick County. I recently moved to the leadership development team as a teacher specialist, and we get to spend our time working on professional learning for the leaders in our county. And it has been a true joy to do research and professional learning for those leaders. Thank you. Thank you. And how long have you been on the team? This is my third year. Third year. Cool. Well, welcome to our podcast. Kent, how about you? Sure. Thanks for having me. Like Kim, I've been in education for 25 years or so, and I worked previously as a middle school social studies teacher. And I also worked in Gifted and Talented as a teacher specialist here in Frederick County Public Schools. And then about four years ago, I became a part of the leadership development team. So just a year ahead of Kim. And like Kim, and Cindy, as you'll hear, we do a lot of the same work and we do it collaboratively together. Yeah. In fact, that's one of the things that I was really impressed the first time I talked to all three of you is that you practically are finishing each other's sentences. Feel free to do that in this podcast if you need to. But yeah, Kent, thank you. Kent was the one who reached out to me initially to tell me a little bit about what they were doing and make a couple of requests around that. And so I've interacted with you a little bit longer. But when I met Kim and Cindy, I thought, this is a fantastic team. So, Cindy, how about you? This is my 31st year as a teacher in Frederick County Public Schools. I've taught at elementary level, the middle school level, as well as the high school level. And I've been a teacher specialist in the central office for about half of my career. Wow. So you've been in all three of those levels. If you were to go back into teaching, what level would you gravitate to? I would go right back to elementary school. My heart is in early childhood. I spent the most time in first grade. That was my favorite grade to teach. Great. And that's such a great age to teach people, isn't it? It really is. They're just so excited about being in school and everything. Well, thank you for being with us. Ila, do you want to start us off here with a question? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do that. So I think my first curiosity is, what exactly did the three of you come together to do? So first question, what did you do? Because I don't even know fully. Charles has told me little snippets. And then second question would be, what prompted you? What did you notice that led you to believe that this was something that you wanted to embark on together? Well, we are a part of a team of five. The leadership development team is a part of equity and organizational development. And we were charged by our associate superintendent to develop professional learning around the topic of trust. That was chosen purposefully because we had some changes in leadership in our school system. And with COVID, our staff was overwhelmed, our post-COVID, during COVID, 
Our staff was overwhelmed. They were exhausted. They had lost trust in leadership because of some shifts in leadership. And our community and staff and students and employees were struggling with changing messages, lack of care, clarity, lack of transparency in messaging. And it caused distrust in leadership, the higher levels of leadership in the county. And we felt, he felt, that it was fundamental to our success as an organization and to be able to move forward to rebuild trust with all of the stakeholders in our system. Wow. Yeah. I feel the enormity of that. And as I mentioned earlier, so I'm up here in Canada. My best friend is a teacher. My sister is a kindergarten teacher. And I've just done some work with the Red Deer School District, which is a couple of hours north of me. And I think what you're saying, you know, describing change in leadership, COVID, the exhaustion, all of these things contribute to disconnection, distrust, the opposite of collaboration, which the word escapes me right now. I feel the heaviness of that. So what did you do when you were tasked with this from the superintendent? What did you do next? So one of the first things we did is we had familiarized ourselves with the Thin Book of Trust, which Charles is the author of. We first kind of came across it with our director coming across the definition of trust from Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead, that she uses Charles's definition. And so we really just dug into the book and tried to find, you know, how did that align with what Cindy was talking about? What lived in that book, in that work, that we could really connect to what we were trying to accomplish as a system for our leaders and for our school community. And so in that book, when we read it, one of the things that sort of resonated with us is this idea of trust isn't all or nothing, right? There's these distinctions and there's components to trust. It's more than one broad idea. And so that really resonated with us. And we felt like we could dig into that and by repairing trust in small increments, it seemed much more manageable to us. And I think if I can build on to that also, the way that it was designed with the four distinctions really helped us have a framework for the work that we were going to do with our leaders. And because there were so many actionable items in the book, things that you can reflect on, the different trust checks allowed us to have some reflection time and then also think about actions that leaders could take. So just sort of the way that the book was laid out really lended itself well to what we were wanting to do. Yeah, thank you. And so maybe this might be a moment to talk about what you actually did so that people kind of understand it. Because I mean, when I first heard what you were doing, I was really excited. It seemed like a fantastic approach. So yeah, one or two of you or all three of you all at once, I don't know, jump in and share what you actually did. That would be cool. Who wants to go? I can start. We decided that we had for a meeting structure already in place with our leaders that was four times a year we get together with all 400 plus leaders. Over 500. Over 500 leaders. Because that meeting structure was already in place, we thought about how can we sort of divide up the work in that structure in like four chunks. So when we met before the school year started in August, we really gave an overview about the why, why we were focusing on trust, why that was so important in our system. We talked about the research about the importance of trust in organizations and what research says about that and pulled in some other resources along with that. 
And then we gave an overview of those four distinctions. So that was sort of an introduction. And then in the next two sections, we did two distinctions each where we really dove into the distinctions, really had our leaders reflecting on those distinctions, thinking about what actions that they could commit to moving forward to sort of build and cultivate trust in their teams and their work and their roles in the organization. And then in our final session, we talked about distrust and what that can do and how to sort of work through when there is distrust. At each session, Charles, it was really important that the leaders had the opportunity to reflect, make commitments, and collaborate with each other. And so we built that into each session that we had with those leaders. So reflect, make commitments, and collaborate with each other. When you say reflection, for example, what were you asking them to reflect on? We really had them sort of look at their own scenarios, their own context, and deeply think about what work they wanted to do, what they needed to do, be sort of individually reflective. So we really tapped into sort of their metacognition and trying to think about deeply what's happening in my world with my team, with my school community, and just ask sort of guiding questions, ask them to look carefully, like Kim said, at each of the distinctions and sort of unpack actions that were associated with moving them forward and rebuilding trust. Ah, okay. So that's one of the things that we find is really important and valuable about those four distinctions is you can really quickly get to behaviors and actions, which is where the heart of it all is. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. So what did you find? How did people respond? How did they engage with all of that? Kent, do you want to share some of the feedback that we received? Sure. Kim and I dove into some of our feedback that Cindy collected that we get from all of our sessions, you know, just generally. And one of the questions that we ask as part of that feedback is, how will you apply what you've learned? And so when we went in there and did some coding, there were some real themes that emerged from this work. Reflect was a huge word for people. Having courageous conversations about rebuilding trust, strengthening relationships, just being intentional in building trust and being those trust builders, like Charles likes to tell us. Those were some of the things that really popped up is setting some goals and some actions associated with it and being actionable about it because that's what people want to move forward with the work to rebuild trust. And that's what was so valuable about it is just trying to choose those actions that would help them do that in their context. Another thing it did, Charles, was it gave us a common language. And it's really been interesting just within our department, but seeing it in larger context and larger meeting structures, having a common language around this idea of trust. And it's not just our department or our division, the entire school system. Yeah, I think you point to something that's really important and valuable is that common language, because people might be talking about the same thing, but if they're using different words, and so they're kind of not really connecting their ships passing in the night, it's harder to build trust. It's harder to even talk about trust. Eli, it looks like you have a question. Yeah, I'm wondering, so when was your fourth session? How long ago was that? It's in the March. spring, yeah. 
in spring. Okay, so there's been a little bit of time and space since that last session. What have you noticed maybe that were intended and hoped for outcomes? And is there anything that has surprised you? I think one of the things I've noticed sort of circling back to what Cindy was just saying is the common language is being used. I think that when there is maybe sort of an issue with a drive-by request and we can talk about the cycle of commitment and were we clear with our request and, you know, did we put a deadline on that? So maybe that's why that email hasn't been responded to because we never gave them a deadline for that date. So I think it really is allowing all the leaders, you know, everyone in the organization to have that common language to talk through when things pop up. And even in the four distinctions, thinking about that it's not a blanket distrust, that it is, you know, what is that one area that's the struggle and what are things that we can do to support that one area? That's such a good point, Kim, because one of Dr. Marco's concerns was lack of clarity and messages changing. And because we have that common language, we understand the cycle of commitment, we can be more clear about our requests. And Cindy and I are part of something that we have in our system called the Lift Coaching Program, which is associated with leadership coaching for new assistant principals and principals. And even in one of our discussion boards, it popped up that one of the coaches had shared that they were talking with an assistant principal who had made a request of somebody in a drive-by way. And she was able to have the conversation because they had the same language from the same learning about, hey, did you consider the fact that this was a drive-by request that you made and maybe that's why the person didn't follow through on the commitment? So that was like a, we were high-fiving over our cubes when we saw that, like how awesome is that? Yeah, I love that, I love that. Is there anything that surprised you as an outcome or something that you saw in change of behavior? I think in general, I've seen a morale shift. We've had a lot of changes and a lot of upheaval in this last school year. And I feel like I'm seeing a morale shift, which I think is an unexpected consequence of the work that we're doing together. It's not just a department or an individual doing this. We're working as a team, as a Frederick County Public Schools family to rebuild trust with all of our stakeholders. I love that. And I also think Another thing that I'm noticing is from the highest leaders in the county are saying, let's continue the work. And the leaders throughout the organization are on board with that, wanting to continue the work and wanting to continue this drive towards building a more trusted organization. And it is filling. Go ahead, Ken. No, I was just going to piggyback on Kim is that there's a tendency in education to move on to the next shiny object. So the fact that we're not doing that is really refreshing and it just shows the value. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's nice. You saying that makes my heart so happy. And I know, Charles, you and I have worked with a number of different clients where it's kind of the middle level that does this deep work and reflective work and they're really committed. And then they bump upwards and that next level isn't interested. No, that doesn't apply to me. No, 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 I don't have to work on that. And so the frustration that happens because there isn't this common language, this we're in this together, this sense of family. So you can see that can be a real showstopper in some organizations. Charles, you want to jump in? Yeah, I have a question. Okay. Yeah. Scott, I can actually go back to when you were talking about the cycle of commitment and clear requests, strong commitments and all of that. 
that's building trust in the domain of reliability. But there are also, you know, care, sincerity, and competence. If you think about all four of those trust assessment domains, which one or ones really kind of caught the attention of the folks you worked with the most strongly? I can't say that it's one, to be honest with you, but starting with, I believe, our superintendent, one of the things she brought her, our new superintendent, was that we're about every child every day. And that speaks to care in a tremendous way. Yes. Yes, it does. And as I said earlier, strengthening relationships was a word that popped up quite a bit in their reflection. So that would also align with what Cindy said from the adult perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's care that shows up there and building trust and care and strengthening relationships is definitely part of that. And declaring that every child, what was it? Every child, every day. Mm. Every child, every day, which is, you know, it's a nice kind of tagline sort of thing. But what you actually are putting it into practice, that's when trust gets built. Absolutely. And that's a part of the work that we're doing to promote equitable instruction for every student. And so I think we're demonstrating a lot of care and sincerity. It's not just a tagline, you know? Yeah, that's, well, Ela and I often, when we work with leadership teams or whatever, one of the things that we talk about, they have values, right? And they're on the wall and they look good, they sound good. But to use Brene Brown's term, how do you operationalize those? And it sounds like you've actually had those conversations. How do you operationalize trust in each of the four trust domains? What does it look and sound like? Yeah. And how do we hold ourselves and each other accountable in those behaviors and actions? Having that common language helps us be accountable and hold each other accountable. And it sounds like the ongoing and the communication and the, the language that's being consistently used is allowing this to continue to live and grow and strengthen and deepen. You may have heard, I use this quote quite a bit, that knowledge is only a rumor until it lives in your muscle. So we can take all the courses we want, read all the books we want, but until we start to actually practice and do things differently, it's not sustainable. It won't, it won't last. And so what I really love is that I hear this commitment from you, and I'm extending that to your fellow colleagues too, about really getting this into your muscles so it becomes ingrained in the way that you practice and behave with each other every day. I love that. And that's one of the things that I really loved about the structure of the book was that it did provide some jumping off points for the actions. So it gave some suggestions and ideas. So for when we asked our leaders to commit to something in the area of care or in sincerity, they had some ideas of where to start. And so I think that really helped the commitment piece and making it more operational. Our work isn't over just where we stopped. The work is continuing with this school year as we move forward. And we're going to be working on building trusting teams. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, that's powerful. That's great. Yeah. And what do you see as the challenges ahead of you in doing that? Well, one thing we've been talking about in our planning is teams change, right? So we've got new people coming to Team FCPS, right? And new jobs, new roles that didn't exist before. We've got people who have shifted roles. So we really have to think about and we'll be in the infancy of 
these new teams, which is an opportunity, but it presents some challenges too, because in order to build trusting teams, you have to know your team. And so we'll have some people that are early in that work and we'll have to really just think about that. Yeah. And also the psychological safety piece, I think, is a challenge that, you know, whether you're new or you've been on a team that hasn't been so trusting, there's some some safety issues that, that people still are working through in order to get to that space of trust. Yeah, psychological safety and trust really walk together. In some ways, it's hard to pull them apart. So, yeah, that's a powerful place to explore and be and work. I happen to know a couple of trust experts slash coaches that, you know, if you've got questions as you design going forward, working with teams, we'd be delighted to hear your questions and support you. We appreciate the support. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What you're about to embark on is really important work. I think we've all probably worked on teams where there was slim to no trust and teams that had really high trust in collaboration. And if it's working, find out why. Often we find with teams, things might be working, but they don't know how to replicate it or they don't know why it's working. It's just working. So don't rock the boat. Don't change a team member. Don't do anything because what we've got is golden. And so I think what I'm listening to is that being able to work with teams, no matter what changes, whether they're personnel changes, structural changes, regional changes, that people have this really strong grounding of we know how to build trust. We know how to do this. And we're all committed to doing this. I have one more question, if that's okay. Just a tiny one. What words of advice would you give to others who would like to embark on something similar? Well, from my perspective, it's start with your why. Why do you need to focus on trust? Why do you want to do this work? And be prepared for it to be hard to ask hard questions and to have to really look very much inward organizationally and personally. Great. I love that. Thank you. Cindy or Kim? Well, that why drove our work. I mean, without that why, I'm not sure we would have embarked on this work. I would say break it into chunks, even though it's a thin book and it's a quick read (laughs) because I had read it before we started this work. In smaller chunks, it's much more digestible. Yep. And I think, too, to make it as reflective and collaborative and actionable as possible, to keep those three things as a thread, because it's really what gets to the heart of what the work needs to be. You have to look inward and you have to be reflective on what you're doing and the things that you're saying and how you're going about your work. And then talking with others about what it looks like to move forward with this. So I think those pieces also make it powerful. Yeah, we had to keep the adult learner in mind and how to work with adult learners. And so what Kim said really kind of hits the adult learning theory, how we work with adults to move them forward with new material. Wow. Well, I really want to thank all three of you, each of you and all three of you together as a team for taking time to be with us to talk about this. What a great program. I love it. I love it. Like, I'm just like so excited. I could sit here and talk to you for another couple of hours. Well, we could give you the sequel after this year if you want. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Part two. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd like a front row seat, please. Great. So thank you very much 
to be continued, I think, in one way or another. And let me just ask if another school system in particular wanted to do something similar, would you be open to talking to them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we often have in the educational sphere, it's like a common ground, right? We might be team FCPS, but we're team education. So that's important. And to be able to do that work on a broader scale always makes us happy. Great. So who would they contact or how would they reach out to you? Well, we have a Twitter. Cindy, off the top of your head, do you know our Twitter handle? At FCPS Leads. And we have an email, leadership.dev, D-E-V, at fcps.org. Fantastic. Great. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. On behalf of both Charles and myself, we want to say a big thank you to our producer and sound editor, Chad Penner. Hillary Rideout of Inside Out Branding, who does our promotion, our amazing graphics, and marketing for us. And our theme music was composed by Jonas Smith. If you have any questions or comments for us about the podcast, if you have a trust-related situation that you'd like us to take up in one of our episodes, we'd love to hear from you at trust at trustonpurpose.org. And we'd also like to thank you, our listeners. Take care and keep building trust on purpose. Until next time. Until next time.